Good evening, everybody. This is Izzy here on the Red Zone Report for Built in Buffalo. Uh, sorry for the uh, issue I had on the last try. Uh, it wouldn't broadcast to Facebook, and we have a lot of our guys on Facebook, so I had to remake this thing. I'm not going to let you guys go without seeing the show, and I'm actually, you know, happy that everybody could be here. So I do apologize about that. For some reason, it, it didn't take the scheduling update. So uh, here we are. <clears throat> There's your explanation for that. Uh, I am very pleased with the state of the AFC East right now, uh, just so everybody knows. But it does seem like the state of the AFC is changing, like the state, especially the e AFC East, but the AFC as a whole. So... That's what we're here to talk about at this moment in time, the state of the AFC East. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, clearly, Tyreek Hill was traded for by our rival Miami Dolphins, and this has been, it's been a very big topic of discussion in a lot of AFC East and Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins and whoever else, you know, fan groups jumping on and, and having something to say about this. And, and believe me, it's a very, very, very good player for the Dolphins to acquire. And at this point in time, you know, it gives them no excuses for Tua Tonga Vailoa. But we're going to we're going to start off with the New England Patriots, which is by far the biggest rival the Bills have had in the last 20 years, easily. Like the Patriots have been the team that we have really wanted to go after and luckily for us because we don't like talking about said Patriots. Um the Patriots really don't have a lot to show for free agency. There's just not much that they've done in free agency to really come on and show us that they're doing something. Uh, so what I did today with my free time is I compiled the lists of everybody that they've gained, they've lost, traded for, retired, cut flat out. And, you know, they've lost way more than they've gained. I mean, if I'm looking at my list here, which I am, they have lost Gunnar Olszewski, Troy... Fumagalli, Brandon Bolden, who's actually, you know, they use him pretty well. You know, like, Brandon Bolden is used by the Patriots pretty well. He's not that good a player, honestly, which is probably why he, I think he's still out there, but, no, he got signed, I think, he got signed. But a lot of these players don't really fit in other schemes. The Patriots make it work. Uh, Ted Karras, Carl Davis, Jacoby Myers is a restricted free agent, Brandon King, Dante Hightower, uh, Jamie Collins, Jacob Johnson, I don't know who that is. Um, they've lost a lot of guys. Uh, they cut Kyle Van Noy after bringing him back. They lost uh, J. Juan Bentley and J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson, big signing for the, you know, uh, the Chargers. And then they traded Chase Winovich. Uh, maybe they're looking to mo go more three four than four three. Uh, you know, they're usually kind of a hybrid scheme anyway. But they traded Chase Winovich for Mac Wilson, linebacker. So. There's that. You know, they, they made a couple trades. They made a couple moves. Uh, they signed Malcolm Butler and uh, who else they added Ty Montgomery and Terrence Mitchell. So they've signed three players and traded for one. I, I really don't I really don't know what they're doing in free agency. Like they, I'm kind of baffled and confused because they have draft picks, but they don't have that many draft picks that they can afford to just like lose half their roster and be like yeah that's let's just fill several rookies uh you know especially guys who who are well tenored and you know valued players so hey you know whatever they lose that's on them that's not my problem that's not the bills fans problem that's you know we don't care right 
we just don't care. Like the Patriots, we smashed it twice last year. You beat us once in a lucky game, and we're over it. Like you know, you got us in the wind, a couple drop passes, you know, for touchdowns, you know, so on and so forth. But we waxed you twice, two games in a row, once in New England, and then in the playoffs in Buffalo, zero punts in those games, and the only drives that we didn't score on were kneel downs. So take it for what it's worth. Uh, I would like to say hi to some of the people in the crowd, though. Uh, Kim Boomhauer, always as usual. My man Spin, he's in here still, as usual. Man, David Miller's in here. Dan Kelly, my guy. Anthony Bumasuto, hopefully I said that right. And Ryan Mitchell, Michael, Ryan Michael. And Team Thomas Blake. So we have some guys in here already. Uh, some of our usuals and some I don't know. But please, if you have not been here before, enjoy the show. And if, you know, you like something or you don't like something, give me a comment. Ask a question. I am more than willing to take on whatever you have to say. But the Patriots, to me, just it's underwhelming what they've done. Um, I, I'm not sure how they maintain second place in the AFC East, you know, or even try to unseat us, you know, the Buffalo Bills. As the leader of the division, I don't see how their moves thus far would equate to anything like that. Maybe they make a stellar trade here, uh, and it's very possible, but I don't see it. I just don't. So hopefully they can get their stuff together and we can make this thing uh, interesting. But if not, you know, I'm glad to whoop that butt twice a year. Let's go, right? Now, the next team we're going to talk about are the New Jersey Jets. The New Jersey Jets. And yes, I'm being disrespectful because they play in New York or New Jersey and they say New York. And you take it for what you will. Bills fans know what's up. But they added kicker Greg Zerline. You know, they had um, added what? Jake Martin, defensive end. Tyler Clunklin, tight end. Lakin Tomlinson, offensive guard. DJ Reed, free safety. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, free safety. One of them is going to play strong safety because um, I'm pretty sure they lost their big safety last year. Then they picked up CJ Uzama, which is a big one. That's a big one. Uh, if Zach Wilson is going to develop, you have to give him some talent. And they did with CJ Uzama. And they also added. That's it. That's all they added. And really, that's all you can ask for in free agency. That's like that's, that's a good six. Six, seven signings that they picked up to help their young quarterback who who really does need the help. Picked up linemen, picked up uh, tight end. Now they can really do kind of whatever they did, you know, what they want to do in the draft. Uh, maybe the Jets overtake the pass this season. You know, one of the things I've been saying is that the Jets are more likely to give us troubles going into the future than the Patriots are. I even predict that they'll be better than the Dolphins here soon enough. Uh, the Dolphins, they, they seem to be reaching for whatever they can get, and that's fine. That's up to them. We'll get into them next. Uh, but as for free agent losses, the Jets have taken some losses. They, they lost Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the guard, who maybe the Bills are looking at. They've lost Kyle Phillips, defensive end, solid defensive end. Nothing to, nothing to write home about. They lost Tyler Croft, who was their best tight end last year. Do I think – do I think – Kim Boomhauer asks, do I think that the Jets could improve enough to end up third? Yes, I do, because the Patriots seem to have not done anything. You, you can't stagnate and maintain your place at second or first in any division. The, the Bills were first, and we made so many crazy moves. You know, Duke Johnson, uh, Jamison Crowder, Von Miller, 
Roger Saffold, Case Keenum. Like the Bills went in this offseason and we were the best team in this division. The Patriots number two and they've done almost nothing. But I don't know if that's a money issue or if that's a. That's the only thing I, I could come up with is it's a money issue. So if it's a money issue, then that's that's on them for wasting all that money on, you know, John New Smith and uh, Nelson Aguilar. You know, those guys didn't pan out from last year. Maybe they'll they'll, you know, be better this year, but I, I don't know. Possible. But the Jets, you know, they, they've lost some guys, you know, some decent guys. Keelan Cole, Marcus May, he's gone. That's the that's the big one. Jameson Crowder, who's now with us. Uh, Greg Sneet, don't know who that is. Foley Patukasi. I did hear about him signing somewhere else, and they were pretty excited about it, so he must be all right. Uh, Jared Davis. And then they got uh, Nathan Shepard. Is a restricted free agent, Morgan Moses, or Morgan Moses? Wow, tongue twister right there. He's gone, and they re-signed Mike White and Joe Flacco, so they got their backup quarterback situated. Mike White was a decent backup last year, not when they played us, obviously, because he threw five interceptions. But for the most part, he was a decent backup last year for them. But you know, for the most part, the only other guy they really lost was Cameron Clark, who retired, who's a guard. The Jets, I think, did more than the Patriots, and I think that that really could help them unass the Patriots going forward. Um, my lady Jessica Tennis says, I have little faith in Salah can get an offense going. Really, that's not up to him. He uh, he brought in one of the Shanahan guys, you know, just for that purpose. So we'll see how that works out for him. Uh, I personally like Salah as a coach. I think he's a good coach. Do I think he's a good head coach? That's yet to be seen. So we'll see that when it when it happens. But he's got to make it happen. Like the the way he's operating the team last year, you know, was very rookie head coachish. And he's going to have to grow through that soon because the AFC is unforgiving. Like it's not just the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots going against the Jets this year. It's you know, the entire AFC West might make the playoffs. Being second in this division doesn't guarantee you a playoff spot this year. There's seven playoff spots four division champions, and then the three next best teams. So let's say it's the Bills, the Chiefs, the Titans, and the uh, Bengals again, right? You got to find three other teams better than the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Chargers. That's hard right now. That's very difficult to see right now. Who is better than them? I don't, I don't know if the Patriots are going to be able to muster enough wins to outdo them. Say they all split together in the division. And then they all have the same schedule outside of that, except for one NFC game. Then what? Like, I have no idea. I have no idea. But um, it's very, very interesting to see how the Jets do. And it's really interesting to see how this division is going to evolve in order to try and keep up with not just the Bills, but the Chiefs, the uh, Broncos, the Raiders, the Chargers. That's just one division. Then you got the Titans and the Colts just got Matt Ryan which is crazy. And then we're looking at the AFC North, right? The Steelers are always solid, you know, even with bad Ben Roethlisberger the last couple of years. And when he was injured and they had Rudolph go in there, like they still had winning records every year. So now you have Trubisky in there, who most of us Bills fans have at least a little faith that he's better than what he was in Chicago because the coaching was just absolutely atrocious. Now we're looking at Trubisky going to the Steelers and they may improve because of that. I think there's there's so much more that goes into this, and the AFC East teams 
they need to load up if they want to even have a chance to make the playoffs, especially if the Bills maintain dominance. If we maintain where we are, we're in the playoffs no matter what. They have to catch up to not just us, but to those other teams. It's very important for them. They, they need to get their act together. Um, and the Jets, I think, have done more than the Pats. The Pats, I don't see making the playoffs this year. This 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 could be a rough one. Uh, David says Mayfield might go to Pittsburgh too. I, I maybe it's possible. I, I'd see them trading him even if they only get a fifth round pick, you know, to the Seahawks or the Giants or you know someone who's really needy of a quarterback. I don't know how much Dable likes him, but you know we'll see. And then. I got some affirmation from a guy, Will Moore. So true. Entire AFC West has a chance to make the playoffs in some capacity. They could literally all make the playoffs, right? Because their division champ's going to make it. They have three wild card slots. So let's say all of their, you know, other teams win 11 to 12 games, but the Chiefs win 13. That means that from all of the other divisions, teams have to win 11 or more games to tie and hopefully the tiebreaker or flat out we just beat that record it's not easy it's not easy at all but you know what it's cool and i might have a guest i might have a guest in here helping me out with some stuff all right here we go let's go ahead and check out some more of these comments here or only one could make it from the afc that's true. Like if they beat each other up to that point, but I don't see that happening because who they only play six games within a division, right? They, they play each team in a division twice. So if any one of those teams loses all six of those games, they're still probably better than most of the teams in the NFL. The, the AFC West is stacked. And personally, I don't think any of those teams is going to win 13 games because of how crazy that division is. It's going to lower their chances. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of possibilities where we'll see when that happens. Uh, we're gonna get to the next team though, and we'll 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 hop back on some more of these things. Uh, pay, okay, this one, this last one here, because this one has to do with the subject. Uh, I read an article where the Patriots are saving their money next season. They have mad cap money, lose a lot of bad contracts. Yeah, they lose some contracts here and there, and they'll they'll take this year as a hit. But there's no guaranteeing that next year they're gonna have you know what they want or what they think they're gonna be able to get. You know and Again, Belichick has never really done anything special without Brady, so there's that. Uh, what do I think about the Bills' running game? I think that the Bills' running game will be fine and better because of Roger Saffold, and hopefully we get another offensive lineman. All right. So, uh, sorry, uh, my man Dan's trying to pull up comments for me. I'm going to stop pulling up comments and let my man do his thing in the background. Um, Izzy, do you think that the Jets could improve enough to? Uh, I already covered this one, Dan, but yes, I do. All right. So, next uh, next topic of discussion is the Miami Dolphins, and what have they done? Because they have by far done the most work this offseason to really try and pull it together. Like they have done the most legwork to try and catch up to Buffalo, right? We destroyed them twice last year. We dashed their hopes and dreams. And now the Dolphins are, you know, my man Lowe will keep up Dan. Dan's doing all right. He you know, he might have got, he got here a little late. He'll be all right. Um, but the Dolphins did the most legwork. 
You know, they, they added Teron Armstead at offensive tackle. The problem with him is he, he's hurt quite a bit. He is hurt quite a bit. Um, you know, they, they re-signed Salvin Ahmed. They cut Alan Hearns. They cut Jesse Davis. They traded for Tyreek Hill, and that's the big one, right? Like, so Tua's got weapons now. Now, he, he had – last year he had two. He had Gasecki and he had Waddle. Gasecki had a very underwhelming year last year. You know, like – he just didn't perform like it's like him and Dawson Knox switched, switched uh, abilities. Like, you know, the year before that Dawson Knox kind of underwhelmed us. And then Gusecki had a great year. And then Dawson Knox is like second in touchdowns this year. Gusecki took the dip. I don't know how you franchise a guy who has that kind of season, but that's not my, uh, it's not really my uh, way of looking at it. Uh, my guy, Mr. Diggs here. Sorry, Dan. I need you, need you to get here. Uh, Fins only go as far as their QB takes them. And that's one of the things I, I think about the Dolphins is that there's no excuses for Tua Tunga Vailoa. I think they can be second in the AFC East and battle for a playoff spot. They can. They can. But Tyreek Hill signing is really kind of a Tua, you better prove it kind of thing. Problem adding Armstead is Tua is left-handed, so they don't. Ooh, that, you know, I, I didn't think about that. I know he's left-handed, but true for a left-handed quarterback, the right side is your blind side. So it's the opposite. So they really probably are looking to invest in right tackle, probably in the draft. It's probably in the draft that he's going to go for it. The big question in mind is Tua going to be able to get the ball to Tyreek Hill like Mahomes. Um that is a very good question, and I think it's one that a lot of people are asking. Uh, personally, Tua doesn't have the arm that, that Mahomes does. He's not as intelligent as Mahomes is. He doesn't have the mobility that Mahomes has, in my opinion. Uh, he's smaller quarterback than Mahomes is, so he's not going to take the hits as much. Plus, he's already got an injury history. Uh, I'm not sure where he stacks up on that front with that, you know, that addition. Uh, I'm much more worried about Tyreek Hill in the hands of Mahomes than I am in the hands of Tua Tunga Bailoa. Uh, what do you think of the Miami Brady talk? I don't care. <laughs> if he goes there, it's a lot more scary. It's a lot more scary, but I, I don't see it happening. It doesn't make sense. I watched, uh, I think it was Ian Rappaport uh, comment on this, and because of the entire uh, Brian Flores situation, it wouldn't make any sense. It'd make it look real, real bad and probably add fuel to the fire you know, for the whole Flores investigation uh, with the Dolphins. So uh, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, no. So the Dolphins, you know, they they got Armstead. He's good. They they might play him at right tackle. I don't know. I don't see it. Um, they picked up who else? They had uh, Raheem Mostert, Trent Sherfield, and Keon Crossan. Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys. That's a good another good addition at wide receiver. He's a good third option. I like it. And then they picked up. Teddy Bridgewater, backup quarterback. He might end up starting before we know it. And Chase Edmonds, running back from the Cardinals. Uh, also, Alec Ingold, who's a running back. I think he plays more fullback than running back. But the, the Dolphins made moves that made sense, you know, outside of, you know, well, whatever we think of Tua Tungavailoa, or as I call him, Tua turned the ball over. You know, I, I think that there is some, some real interest in – is he going to take a step or not? And personally, I don't think he is, but that's not for me to decide. That's for him to decide on the field. That's up to him. Are we addressing CB2 in the draft? We will get there. We will get there. That is a subject that is coming up. 
sooner than we think because we're actually kind of blowing through these teams. There's not a lot to talk about. Uh, but with the Dolphins, the interesting is their new head coach, McDaniels, coming from San Francisco and then grabbing a division rival running back like Edmonds and then picking up Raheem Mostert means that he really wants to commit to the run like that Shanahan system usually says. If you look at teams that have Shanahan guys, they end up running the ball a whole lot more. Why? Because it sets up the pass. That's why Jimmy G's has so much success there. Even though he hasn't put up big numbers and everybody questions Jimmy G, he hasn't been great, but he hasn't had to be. And that could actually help Tua a lot more, you know, than than we're going to give it credit for. Hill and Waddle will be catching a lot of five-yard slants and drags. Hey, if they can make that work for them, cool. Uh, I don't see it working against us. You know, we 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 thrived against that type of offense. Um, not to mention, you know, our defense is improved as well, and we will get to us in, in, a, in a little bit. But I think that the commitment to the run and solidifying the offensive line in front of Tua, plus getting them weapons, is really going to be, you know, a, a real big deal. Uh, I think that – how do I say this? I think that this is Tua's last chance to prove it. And he may find his ass on a bench this year and Teddy Bridgewater starting this place. It's very possible. And yeah, I, there's just not there's just not much else to read into than that. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, here's a here's a question I posed to the crowd. We beat the Dolphins handily last year. I think it was what, 26 to 11 and then 35 to 0. So we improved on the beatdown the second time around. Now take Tyreek Hill and look at all the points he scored against us. Now add that to third to, to zero. Is that is that beating us? No. To me, there's not enough headway to be made, right? That there's just not enough distance to cover. And Teddy Bridgewater himself is also not a guy who's gonna you know launch the ball all the way down the field. He's just not that dude. He's not gonna be a deep passer. They don't have a deep passer on their roster. So you never know. They may look in the in the draft this year and, and try and snag one of these quarterbacks. You know, and then trade two away. We don't know. Like the Bills move in silence like everybody else. All right. Just me. But you know, if they're if they're looking to invest in speed, then they're gonna need a quarterback who can use it. And they don't have one right now. They just don't. And two two can throw a ball decently with distance, but he can't zip it in there. And Mahomes can. And I'm less worried about it. So I, all these Miami fans come at me like, you're scared. I'm like, ah, okay. All right. So we're done with the Dolphins talk because it kind of hurts my mouth saying saying anything positive about them. But the moves that they made made sense. And that's, that's really what it boils down to. It does make sense. Now, the next topic of discussion is going to be, if the Bills don't sign anyone else, who do we draft and when? Now, today I did some some research and, you know, looking into some of the draft prospects. We've already been over the free agents that I like. I like Patrick Peterson, Joe Hayden to go come in for that CB2 spot. Um, but there's not a lot of free agent guards out there that I like other than uh, Duvernay Tardif. Um, and he's kind of not looked great lately. But if you put him between two good guys like a Spencer Brown and a uh, Mitch Morse, he may play better. So. There's potential there. But if we don't sign anyone else, say Brandon Bean was totally honest and said, we're about out of money. Are we drafting these needs in the draft and where will we pick them up? 
Hang on, let me, let me get another Jets question. Does the Jets get a division win? Yeah, yeah, I think they do. They might beat the Patriots this year. The Jets, uh, so I don't want to pump the Jets up, right? But they did beat the Titans and the Bengals last year. So it happens. It happens. Just to put that out there. Uh, too much ammo for the water gun. I agree, Jessica. All right, so yeah, uh, my man James Gentry says that Hayden would be nice. I agree. I like Joe Hayden. Uh, Joe Hayden's solid, but my favorite for this scheme would be Patrick Peterson. He's a little older, uh, but he's also got a lot of experience, right? So the experience factor comes into play for me with him. Ooh, ooh, that that might that might be possible. So if we traded our First and third round pick this year, and next year's first to the Giants, we can get Sauce Gardner. That would be very interesting. That would be that'd be that'd be kind of wild. Uh, also, it would be kind of out of character for our GM. But I mean, if you're going all in for Super Bowl, why the heck not go all the way up? All right. So Lone Wolf says guard or corner in round one, other in round two. Okay, so I think I think you're gonna like the way I thought about this loan. So for me, my preferred first round pick, if he's available, is Zion Johnson, guard out of Boston College. I really like Zion Johnson. He's really polished. He's big. He's strong. He's 312 pounds. He's six foot three, six foot four. That man is a bulldozer, and he can pass block pretty well. He's a smart guy. Went to Boston College, right? You know they don't play around with. You know, the intelligence factor. And Boston College players have been relatively good to the Bills. You know, we, we got Matt Milano from there in the fifth round. Why not? Personally, I do like Zion Johnson round one. But, but, and this is a big one, because I definitely also like Kenyon Green. So, say Zion Johnson gets drafted, which is very possible. Zion Johnson could very well get picked up. And then there's Kenyon Green out there. And Kenyon Green's another big, another big guy. He's from Texas. He went to Texas AM. He's 6'4, 230, or 223. Excuse me. Wow, I'm having a hard time talking. Uh, his prospect grade in NFL is 6.45. And the man's an animal. You know, 26 at the vertical jump, bench press 20 times. I, I really like him too. So in the first round, my preference would be guard, right? Because my preference is to protect the most important important asset on our team james gentry what about jordan davis nah, I'm, I'm passing on jordan davis after everything i've seen and all the research that's been presented to me i'm actually over jordan davis uh he's a physical freak who's ultra talented but but he's got a lot of issues outside of that and a lot of it seems to be discipline and motivation so we'll leave it at that especially controlling his weight so, my man, my, 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 my main lady, Jessica, on this one here, talking about I feel the Bills will go in our offensive line, first two picks, and cornerback in the next two picks. I don't know if we're doing twos and twos this year. I don't know if we're doing twos and twos. We picked up Saffold to man one spot. We could pick up a guard and then pick up another guard in the fourth or the fifth. But for my first, my first four rounds, I've actually kind of got them picked out where I'm looking. So, yeah, this – yeah, the, 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 my thing is you want to protect that guy. 
you know, who you paid all that money to to play quarterback for you, and that's Josh Allen. I want our line to make Josh Allen's job as easy as it was in that Patriots game where he sat back there for 10 seconds and hit Dawson Knox in the corner of the end zone. I want it to be easy for him. I want him to not have to worry about having to scramble, even though he does make some great plays while he does scramble. I want this job for Josh Allen to be much more simple. We need to make it as comfortable as possible for him, especially since we want to make this run. We don't want him getting hit unnecessarily. We want to be able to run the ball with our running backs and not have to use Josh so much. We don't want him to be our best running back. That's not what we want. Right. So in the first two rounds, Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green, I am happy with. Kenyon Green has a late first, early second round grade on him, and Zion Johnson is a mid-first to uh, late first draft, uh, draft grade on him. I'm fine with both those guys. Those guys, cool. Let's go. Now, in the second round, I have selected a corner. The corner that I would like to see us take in the second round, if he, or in, yeah, in the second round, if he's available, is Tariq Castro Fields out of Penn State. I really like this kid. He's got a, a prospect grade just under six at 5.97, ran a 4.3840. So he's definitely improving the speed in our cornerback room. He's 6'1, 197. Got big hands, eight, eight and three quarters inch hands. You know, they, the kid can play, he can fly. And I really like the kid. You know, he's got the perfect size, he's got the perfect traits. I like Tariq Castro Fields for the Bills, especially since Buffalo can maximize their ability to, you know, play well in this defense. Look at all the corners that come here. Like Levi Wallace came here as a rookie, played well, played well all his years here, and then he earned his bag, went to Pittsburgh. Uh, Tredavis White, you know, some people say he's not really that great. Okay, say it if you want to, but he's played great, right? And he's at least a great fit on this team. So I like, I like Therese Castro Fields in the second round. Uh, another one I like, if he's not available, is Zion McCollum from Sam Houston State. He's not a good cornerback. He's six foot two, one ninety nine. He's got nine inch hands, and his prospect grade is a six point one four. Um, and he's a little faster than Tariq, you know, so he might be a better shot if we if he's there. But I think he's got less of a chance of being there with you know four three three speed. That's really really fast for our guys to really bite into. But I like I like corner in the second round. I like corner second round. Man says losing Levi Wallace left us lacking from a depth perspective. It it did, um, but no, because Levi was our starter last year. He was he was going to be our starter, and then Dane Jackson this year. You you draft another one. We're left kind of with the same depth that we had last year. You get Trey, this guy instead of Levi, Dane. Then you get uh, Saran Neal's coming back. You've got uh, Taron Johnson's coming back. And we still have all of our, you know, practice squad guys from last year. So really, we, we really didn't lose much with Levi if we are able to get one of the guys in the draft that we really want. Uh, but that's really that, if we get one of the guys we really want. That's really depending on how we, as in Brandon Bean and the Bills, value him. Like we need to really go after these holes, but the value has to make sense. <sighs> Lord have mercy. So in the third round, I was thinking either another offensive lineman or another corner. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Matt Arazia. So Matt Arazia, I haven't looked at him really, but uh, I will look into him. But the third round, uh, there was another – Where I wrote his name down. Where is his name? I really like him. He plays tackle. 
he plays tackle in college right now. And his name is, is avoiding me. And I because I Tyler Smith from Tulsa, six foot four, three thirty, three twenty, three twenty-four. He's athletic, he's raw, he plays tackle, but he's got guard flex in the NFL, from what from what I'm reading. I from what I've heard about him, from what I read about him, they project him to be a guard. In the third round, I wouldn't be mad at that if he's got guard and tackle flex. That works with the Bean and McDermott mindset of doing things. So I'm all for him. Bring him in. But in the fourth round, I think we go running back. I think we're running back, and I was looking at, uh, was it Chad Reuter's uh, mock draft? He put out a four-round mock draft for the Bills, and I really like the running back prospect that he picked up for us. And I'm all for it. He's a faster back. You know, he's well-built. He's a hitter. And honestly, if we're going to take a running back, it probably should be later in the draft. But personally, I like it. He ran a 4-4-6, which is faster than every back on our team right now. Vertical jump at 31, broad jump 118. I'm for it. In the fourth round, that's a steal with a 5.9 prospect grade. Let's go go. Let's go ahead and get him. He played at uh, Cincinnati. So, yeah. I remember watching Cincinnati play, and this dude broke off an 80-yard run against UCF, Central Florida. I, I like him a lot. There we go. We got some suggestions from the crowd. Let's see what you guys got. I really don't want to have to change my YouTube name. Pay that man his money. Okay. Mr. Diggs. Uh, so I, I say still take play, best player available. All right. So 99.9% of the time, I agree with you. All right. But what is the best player available going to do if the best player available is a defensive tackle, defensive end? Like when, when are they getting to the rotation? If he's a linebacker, like when are they going to? Unasked Milano or Edmonds, you know, are they getting ahead of Von Miller? Are they? No, they're not. So for me, it's if the best player in round one is a guard, then go guard. If it's a corner, then take the corner. Like no brainer for me. But for me, it's Zion over you know most of those corners that'll be left at that point in time. You know, if we can trade up and go get Sauce Gardner, I'm not mad at that. Especially if we have to keep our second round pick, like was suggested before. I'm totally for that because then we can go and get a guard in round two. So there's there's a lot of moves that can be made, and I'm fine with most of them. But what I would like to see is protect Josh first, then get Josh the ball back second. That's my priority. That's how, that's how I look at this is how I break it down. What is your first priority? Protect Josh. What's your second priority? Get Josh the ball. That's how That's how it works for me. I think it's a simple strategy, but personally, I think it works. If we don't fix our punter, I'm going to flip out. The punt god with pick two. You stop it right now. You stop it right now. All right. Uh, so how about a linebacker like Dean to take over? So Edmonds is going to be here this year. Right? I think we probably need to eat that pill because trading him means we got to eat his cap. Like it's 100% guaranteed, and if teams know we want to get rid of him, they're gonna they're not gonna not gonna give us what we want for him. So he's gonna be here. They're gonna give him every opportunity to succeed. He's one of our first round picks, and you know how they love him. If they take a linebacker, it'll be next year. All right. Uh, Lone Wolf says he thinks that we go wide receiver round three. Very possible. This draft is loaded with wide receivers. It's loaded, right? So 
Wide receivers wouldn't be a bad option in any round, including the first round, especially if one that we like falls to us. You know, I like a lot of the wide receivers in the NFL draft this year. A lot of them are fast. And there's so many of them, I really don't remember that many of their names because this was the fastest year for corners and wide receivers in forever. In forever. So I'm going to actually pull up some of these guys, and we can talk about them. Let me see. The draft. Where is it? All right, we're going to go ahead and break into here. Let's see where the number one wide receiver falls. So I'm looking at a mock draft right now, and it's the same one I looked at earlier today to kind of get information. He's got Jordan Davis going 10th, and that's not – yeah, no. Uh, best wide receiver that they have in the draft right now is Drake London. Now, he's probably definitely not going to fall to us. But if you if you if you go back some, if you drop down, yeah, Garrett Wilson and Olave. So Olave is a guy who, if he's there, if he's there at twenty five, jump. I'm all for Olave. Give me some more names, guys. Like if you got a third third round guy that you love, let me know. Uh, Bradbury is probably the best right now. So if you're talking about going out and trading for somebody, then Bradbury would be the guy, yeah. But he also has a big cap hit, and I don't know if the Giants are going to be willing to eat that for us to take him for a fifth-round pick because I don't see us unloading you know, a first or second, especially with all the rumors out there. But I'd rather us get him than the Chiefs, so we'll leave that there. Really comfortable starting the season with this receiving room. Let's see. Are we really comfortable starting the season with this receiving room? If Diggs goes down, are we really comfortable running Gabriel Davis, Crowder, and McKenzie? I don't see that as keeping our fastball. Um, okay, so last year we had Emmanuel Sanders, Diggs, Beasley, Davis. If Diggs went, if Diggs went down, then were you comfortable? All right. I'd be no more or less comfortable than I was last year, honestly. Any possibility the Bills pull a Cincinnati and draft an offensive lineman or offensive skill player like a wide receiver in the first? I think it's very possible. I think it's very possible. And, you know, that's if the right guy falls there because Brandon Bean is still a best player available guy, which is why I do agree with my guy. But at the same time, like if you're going to pull a need draft, this is the one to do it in. This is the one to do it in. I'm also comfortable with this wide receiver room. We have veterans in there. We have young guys. We got Davis, who's young. Crowder is an older guy. Mackenzie's been around for a while. A little mature as a person, but, you know, I, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool. And uh, one of the things that people have an issue with with Crowder is his injury history, right? Me personally, I'm okay with it because we have the best training staff in the NFL. Again, and the facilities, mwah, can't beat it. People come to Buffalo for that reason. So I'm okay. And my man says he believes in Stevenson. I think he can. So I think Stevenson can produce. It's going to be all about the work he does to get better. 
It's really going to be – it's going to come down to that. He's got the physical abilities and skills. He can catch the ball well. He's fast. He's shifty. He he just needs to put in the work, and he can really become a productive player in the NFL. I, I like that. There we go. If this goes down, that's why you're paying Josh 250-plus. Brady had horrible wide receiver rooms. Yes, he did. And if you look at Josh's history, he's made all of his wide receivers better. Beasley's best year with Josh. Sean Brown's best year with Josh. Diggs' best years with Josh. Zay Jones' best year with Josh. The only person you can't say that about is Kelvin Benjamin. That's it. You got one dude as an example. He couldn't make Kelvin Benjamin better. Well, uh, Jenny Craig couldn't make Benjamin better. So that, that's that. And then, yeah, oh, there you go. And then Howard and Knox. We run two, a lot of two tight end sets. Yes, and I think that that's why I'm more comfortable with this wide receiver room because we also have Knox and O.J. Howard. I'm fine with this wide receiver room because we have the talent around the team, you know, that we can supplement. Well, we usually run, you know, three receivers and a tight end with a running back. Now we can just run two tight ends and a receiver or two tight ends, two receivers and running back. We can go 12 personnel. We can go 21 personnel. We can go 11 personnel. The, the possibilities are endless for how the Bills can run this offense with the personnel that they have acquired. Yeah, I laugh every time. <laughs> I laugh inside at least every time I hear his name. Jesus. Yeah, that guy. Uh, yes, I'd be more comfortable with Sanders, Beasley, and Davis. Beasley and Sanders. You know what? Sanders might be one of those guys you can pick up later on the sly. You know, Sanders still wants a ring. He may not want to be on a team right now, may not want to go through camp, may want to just kind of rest and relax. If Diggs goes down, you, you could still pick up a Sanders later and not have to worry about it. Get him on a one-year cheapo deal later in the season. If Diggs goes down and you got to put him on injury reserve, you can still pick up a guy who can produce for you and knows the offense, you know, at least the terminology. So that's something that they can, you know, kick the can down the road on that, especially if he wants to come back. And we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And I, I do think we're going to draft a receiver, but I think it'll probably be in the fifth round or later. And as loaded as this draft class is, I like it. I really do. Now, I haven't done all the extensive work on these draft picks, but I did look at the first four rounds of a few mock drafts. And I went from there. Everything after that, usually fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks don't make NFL rosters. And if they do, it's the practice squad. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times I trust my guys at Hashtag Sports. And I watch their videos. And they said, you know, a sixth and seventh round pick, their length of time in the NFL is usually a year and a half. So if we get a receiver in the fifth and they pan out, cool. You know, I'm down for that. We we're supposed to make things easier for Allen and not harder. We rely on him too much as it is. And this is why you go and you get an offensive lineman in the first round. This is why you go and protect him in the first round. You give him more time. You give him more time. You give him the ability to choose better running lanes if he needs to run. You give Josh more with a lineman personally. It all starts up front. That is really why I'm predicting an offensive lineman in the first round because if you look at Bean and McDermott, their real big thing is the trenches. They like to have things start up front. Whenever you go to the Bills and see their philosophy, one of the main things they talk about is protecting Josh and then getting after the quarterback. That's, that's really their thing. That's why they haven't invested in a number two corner recently. And that's why I think that maybe they will in the second round. But even that's not promised. That's not They, they really do like Dane Jackson. And do I like him as a number one? No. If we sign, if we drafted a you know number two receiver in the second round, 
and had to run him and Dane Jackson, I'd be a lot more comfortable with that than Dane Jackson is one and then say Saran Neal is two or trying to force Tyron Johnson to run outside. I'd much prefer to draft a corner, and I think that they do too. I think that they're going to see that perspective of it because Trey's Trey's, uh, recovery looks like October, so that's a whole month at least before he's back. So here we go. The other UFA wide receivers that are out there are OBJ and Julio. OBJ won't be available until late in the season. Yep. And although Julio has probably seen better days, Josh can use him. So I, I agree with that. If Julio wants to come to Buffalo, I'm for Julio Jones coming to Buffalo. Uh, that would make perfect sense to me. You can put him on a pitch count, and then we have, again, one of the best training staffs in the NFL. You can give Julio the doctors that he needs, the, the nurses that he needs, the nutritionists and everything. We have all that on facility in Buffalo. That's why Von Miller, that's part of why, why Von Miller came to Buffalo was Josh Allen and the facilities. It's like, okay, you guys, you guys came to play, right? When he saw the facilities, he was very impressed. And he's like, hold up, there's nobody next to me. It's like, no, due to COVID, we had enough lockers where we spread everybody out. So you have a locker and then a locker between you and the next person. The facilities are amazing. And then the people that they have furnished said facilities with are also amazing. So don't be surprised if you see a Julio or an AJ Green come to Buffalo. Wouldn't wouldn't mind that at all. Keep an eye on wide receiver Danny Gray in round five and six. One's a four three three. There you go. What college did he go to? Give me that, Kenny. Matter of fact, I'll I'll look it up myself too. Danny Gray. Oh man, Kenny coming through in the clutch. Danny Gray draft prospect. He went to SMU. Okay. I'm just going to pull up his combine information real quick. Check out his grade, and I'll share that with the, with the audience here. So he graded at 6. 6.0 draft grade, prospect grade. Some of the players I named going ahead of him, you know, were graded lower than that as a prospect. Does that mean much? I, I'm not really sure, but he does run a 4.33 vertical jump with, of 34. So he can go up and get it in a broad jump of 126. The boy has wheels. He's got some wheels. Not offended by that one bit. Gray was a first-time All-District player, senior year at James Madison High School in Dallas. He's a Texas boy, which you know a lot of NFL players are, so it don't matter. He's a, he's a hundred-meter dash guy, runs a four by ten in in track. So he's a track speed guy. He's a track speed guy. If you want to go in the fifth or sixth round and get yourself an, an athlete that you can hopefully train up, not mad at that one bit. Not mad at that one bit. All right, so. I think Will Fuller would be an interesting option if we could get him for Chiefs. Uh, his speed could and or add a wrinkle to the yeah. So agreed. Like any of these wide receivers, if they're willing to come in here for a low price, even if they're injury prone, I'm not going to harp on the training staff anymore because it already is what it is. We've already talked about them enough. They got their kudos. Third time's a charm. We have a great training staff and facility. Enough of that. So any of these uh, wide receivers who have produced in the past can come here and have their best, you know, have their best football ahead of them still with Josh Allen. Again, he makes everybody better. Yep. There we go. Wait, SMU is where Sanders and Beasley went. Yes, it is. And their uniforms are oddly similar to the Bills. Or at least they were. I don't know what they look like now. They change all the time. Ooh, here we go. The biggest question is how good can Neil Lewis, McLeod, and Griffin be at cornerback? 
only the coaching staff knows. I remember while or White saying positive things about them. Yeah, so um, I remember Nate McLeod having a lot of good things said about him. We already know what Saran Neal is. He's more of a nickel cornerback slash linebacker kind of spot, maybe box safety kind of role. He plays that 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 kind of Micah Hyde thing that did in Green Bay, where he is a box safety, but he's also a nickel, and he'll play linebacker on certain downs, and he's just a jack of all trades on defense. He's valuable in that respect. That where if someone like Matt Milano goes down, you got to plug him in for a game. Saran Neal can go in there and do the job. If Terran Johnson goes down for a game, you can plug Saran Neal and do do the job. If someone goes down and you got nobody else, Saran Neal can go in there and do the job. He's that good at that. Plus, he's an awesome special teamer. So Saran Neal. I'm perfectly happy with the contract they gave him, that $10.9 million for three years, even though a lot of it is incentive-based. Lewis. Uh, Cam Lewis, I actually do like a lot. I think he's played well enough to earn a backup role in this team. But, you know, I I really am not sure what they think of him. And Elijah Griffin, I heard good things about him, but he's still very raw. He needs needs, needs some seasoning. Got to put him on the grill a little bit. And I think that time will tell, you know, in his third, maybe fourth year, Elijah Griffin might, you know, come out here and regulate. So, yeah, I I, I can agree with a lot of that. And my man Wilmore says, Saran Neal is a beast. You damn right he is. That dude is a hitter. He's not scared to hit. He's fast. You know, the only thing is his, his cornerback instincts are not necessarily there. But I do appreciate everything Saran Neal does for this team. So, yeah, we are in agreement there. So, personally, I think that the first, you know, three or four rounds is going to be interior offensive line. It's going to be corner. It's going to be running back. It's going to be possibly a wide receiver. Um, If the right linebacker falls to the right spot, you could see that. Yeah, we do have the best gunners. I see see you there. We do have the best gunners because we brought back Taiwan Jones. And they brought him back, and a lot of people were upset about it. We brought back running back Taiwan Jones. On special teams, he's an ace, and you don't want to play, especially if Miami has a Tyreek Hill back there returning punts. Don't play with it, right? Get him. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I really do like, you know, even the small signs that the Bills did. You know, they just just worked. Like, uh, man's offensive line depth. It's a very good pickup for offensive line depth. He started... I think it was eight games for the Texans. He's got good backup and starter time in the league. He's been in the league for like four or five years. I, I like him. Very solid pickup. Uh, but the guard spot, if, if if everybody is here is uncomfortable with Dane Jackson being CB1 and then Saran Neal being CB2, um, imagine Cody Ford being the right guard now. Personally, I think the Cromer system may benefit Ford, so this could be a moot point, and he could have a career year and just, you know, destroy and then become our guard of the future while the guy we draft this year then takes the Saffold spot next year. And that's another reason why I think guard is the spot. You have Cody Ford in there. Say he lights it up, does way better in the Cromer system than he did the OG Bobby Johnson system. Now you have another interior offensive lineman waiting in the wings for next season when Roger Saffold leaves the Bills because it's a one-year deal. You know, unless the rookie sucks or unless Cody Ford really sucks, then you might bring him back again. But there's a lot. There's a lot. Saran Neal is both of those things and a linebacker, Akeem. 
So Ron Neal does all of it, man. He, he remember the Texans game where he where him and Milano kind of mushed Deshaun Watson, but he was getting sacked by Saran Neal. He rushed like a linebacker. And then, you know, Milano came in, I guess not knowing, and then, you know, trying to help clean up. And that actually helped keep Deshaun on balance. And then we lose that game. And I hate bringing up the pass like that, but Saran Neal can do everything. Just not outside corner. Just not not that. Please, not that. Other than that, he can be a safety, a box safety, a, a nickel, a linebacker. I, I, try him on a defensive end for all I care. Like, he he, he can do it all. I really like Saran Neal, and I, I really appreciate the signing there. Thanks for being here, my man, Akeem. Yes, he, he is. He's a Swiss Army knife. He is the definition of that term on defense. He is that guy, right? But then there's also the big pickup that we picked up that's going to help our secondary this year, and that's Von Miller, right? You pick up a Von Miller, that quarterback that you're playing against has less time to do what he has to do. With less time, somebody like Dane Jackson has more time, has, has, has less time that he has to cover this guy. So that could actually mask some of the deficiencies we have in the secondary if Trey White's out for an extended period of time. I do, I do like that. I like that a lot, especially since I personally believe that he's going to play that Lorenzo Alexander linebacker, uh, you know, strong side linebacker. He's going to play the Sam role and really get after the passer. You know, like my man right there, my man. Yeah, I think I think that 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 Lorenzo Alexander role is going to be a spot that they really want to reclaim, and that Von Miller is the dude to do it because, dude, we we've we've missed him since he left. We had way more sacks when he was here, and now you have a guy who can do it better. In my opinion, that's what his role will be here in Buffalo. He's going to be the Lorenzo Alexander replacement, but he should be better at it. He can drop into coverage a little bit. He can rush the passer. He can find open holes backs in the backfield for losses. He can read defenses. He's intelligent. He's strong. He's fast. And really, you're going to look at him on this, right? So it's, you know. Second and 15, you know they're passing that ball. Put Von Miller in there. You know, it's third and eight. It's a pass. Put Von Miller in there. And if they run it, it's Von Miller. He's good against the run. So he he's one of those guys that you can really put in there when you really need somebody to make the play. That right there makes Dane Jackson, uh, Trey White, whatever rookie we draft, Taron Johnson, Poyer, and Hyde, it makes all of their jobs immensely easier, in my opinion. Immensely easier. It makes Edmund's job easier. It makes Milano's job easier. Like that type of guy right there with that type of leadership, able to read the offense and go. Just go. With that speed and that power, there's just there's no way to really measure the impact, in my opinion, that he will have on his team. It's going to be immense. It's going to be immense, and I can't wait for it. Bruce Smith is already Von Miller's ear, too. Like I said earlier, I feel sorry for AFC East quarterbacks. I do, too, man. Because none of them are really big. Like Mac Jones isn't that big. Two is small, six foot one, six foot two, two ten, two twelve. Uh Zach Wilson, he's a little bit bigger than Tua, but I still think he's only like six foot two, two fifteen. So he's got a little, he's got a little meat on the bones, but you're talking you're talking about Von freaking Miller here going after quarterbacks. And he's not gonna be just going around the edge. He's not just an edge rusher, he's a rusher. He's a rusher. He will find the A gap, the B gap hole get through there and get to your quarterback. Von Miller is that damn good. He's that damn good. Check him in the playoffs last year. He did not disappoint. He did everything that he was paid to do. 
period. And I'm just glad he picked us. I'm just glad he picked us. I don't think that the AFC East teams are going to be able to make enough headway to, to catch us this year, especially not the Patriots with the their whole cap reset that they're doing. And even still, like, as a GM, I can't really commend Bill Belichick that much. He, he doesn't draft well, especially wide receivers. Uh, Dobson and uh, Nikhil Harry and – he just he doesn't draft receivers well, so I'm not worried about that. He's gonna have to sign guys. Although the Kendrick Bourne signing last year, personally, I thought was one of the sneakier good signings at wide receiver. Uh, I actually like the Niners. You know, they're if I was to root for another team that's not the Bills on any given Sunday, say it's our bye week, I'm watching the Niners game. I like the Niners. Um, I wouldn't say that they're a my, like my favorite team or anything. The Bills are clearly my favorite team, obviously by the room, but I like the Niners. I've always I always have. I like Joe Montana. I like uh, Jerry Rice. Uh, Garrison Hurst, J.J. Stokes, Terrell Owens. Like I, I like I like the team. Steve Young was one of my favorite quarterbacks. Um, but that's where he came from. He came from the Niners, and when he got to the when he got to freaking uh the Chiefs or the the Patriots, I was like, this could be either you know exposure to him as in bad, or it could show that he's really better than people thought. And I thought he played very very well for the Patriots. And it tastes like crap saying that. Because it's uh, you know a former player who I like to watch. Now I like to see him get spanked. There we go. I do think Hughes and Sanders do try and stay just for the ride. You know I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at that. Say, say they trade somebody. Say they trade Epinesa or they cut Shaq because Shaq's not who Shaq was before he should before Shaq left. And now you want to bring in Jerry back. I wouldn't be mad at Jerry. Uh, Epinesa, Boogie, Rousseau, and Vaughn as our pass rushers. I wouldn't be bad at that at all. If anything, the last time Jerry put up big numbers was, was when he had another pass rusher on the team, when we had Mario Williams. Jerry Hughes put up 10 sacks. When we had uh, Rose Alexander, I believe he put up 8 sacks. So, yeah, you give him another guy who can rush the passer, and Jerry Hughes can make some space. He can make, he, he can make some headway. I'm cool with that. And... Strange from Chattanooga and Poe from Mercer are two guards I'm really high on and could be available mid-rounds. Look, I'm down for mid-round guards too, but if we're drafting one in the mid-rounds, I want one in the first still. I want guards. I want I want one in the first if he's available. I'll be more specific. If the two guys I named are available, give me him in the first. I'm fine with that. But otherwise, I want I want the I want my guy. Right, and if you got some guys in the mid rounds, if those guys aren't there, then I'm cool with that too. Then take your corner in the first round and let's go. Take take whoever you need, like not need, but you know whoever the best player that's available. Like if if I'm gonna say it, uh, I think my guy Akeem is gonna love this one. If your guard's not there, if your corner's not there, and you got like a second round grade on the rest of these guys, and you're like, you know what, screw it, I'm drafting Brees Hall. I'm not mad at it one bit. I'm not mad at it one bit. This draft is loaded. If you get the best running back in this draft at 25, normally I would say you don't draft the running back in the first round, but 25 is damn near a second round pick. It's damn near a second round pick. Give me Brees Hall if he's there at 25. If your other guys that you wanted aren't there, if Zion's not there and the corner you want isn't there, go for it. Go for it. Go get the running back. He's a he'll be 25th overall. His fifth year option is not going to be that crazy. You can then. You know, let Singletary go next year. I know a lot of people don't like hearing that. Uh, I love Devin Singletary and what he does. And if he wants to sign for a good deal, cool. 
Um, I don't think he's going to be super expensive, so you can bring him back and let Zach Moss go or somebody else and have a one-two punch with Devin and Brees Hall. I'm all for that, too. There's all kind of different ways that this could work out where I would be happy. But if our corner and our guard are not there, give me Brees Hall. I'm down for it. And you can give me the smoke in the comments if you want to. I'd love to have Hughes back, especially now that we have Miller. The idea of Hughes coming in from or coming in for Miller reps or rest reps. Yeah, there we go. That works for me. Like if you have Jerry, if you want to have a veteran on one side, just specifically, and that's if they use Vaughn as a end, which I don't see happening, then yeah, I'm all for that. But I would see Jerry Hughes on one side while Vaughn Miller's playing linebacker on the other side, and then you have converging pass rushers. Then where are you going to go? That's always how Jerry's played. He's he's more like a a, a shepherd dog, right? The sheep is he, he's, is in the uh, the pocket there. You know the sheep is in the uh, the pasture, and then the shepherd dog comes up and he rounds you up and you go the direction he forces you to go. Boom, Von Miller. So now you're watching out for Von. Von does the same thing. Boom, you hit Jerry. I think that that addition does a lot more for the other players that we have though too. So I'm all for it. Plus, don't forget that we brought back um, Jordan Phillips. Jordan Phillips, last time he was here, had nine and a half sacks. And someone told me it was because of Shaq Lawson. So what do they do? They bring back Shaq Lawson, too, who is good against the run. What was our problem last year? What was our biggest weakness last year? It was stopping the damn run. We couldn't stop the run to save our lives. So what do you do? Well, last time we could stop the run, we had Shaq Lawson. Okay? When he was here, we had Jordan Phillips. Uh-huh. That year, he had nine sacks. All right, let's go. They were cheap. You can bring them in here, and they're going to fit the scheme and the culture. They already know what it's about, and they both just wanted to come home. You have to love that about these guys. They said, I'm ready to go home. I left. I effed up. It's time to go home. Like, they, they had their rum springer. It's time to come back home. Let's go. I'm, I'm cool with those signings. Very cool, especially with the price tags they got. So, I think that the Bills' front seven is pretty solidified right now. They could bring in Hughes if, in, into camp and see if he can beat out one of the other guys. And, you know, you still got Boogie, who might move inside as well. Tim Settle, a dog. Daquan Jones, a true one technique, you know, to replace starts. I start, you know, I like Star personally, but I don't like him at that cap number. Plus, getting that bad contract off your books early makes sense. Um, financially, this year it doesn't if you make him a post-June 1st. You save a little money this year, but then you have to kick half of it next year. Rip the Band-Aid off. Rip the Band-Aid off. Do I think the Bills signs Zimmer? I think it's possible. You know, I don't know exactly uh, the structure of the Daquan Jones and the Tim Settle contracts, but it's them two, Jordan Phillips and and uh, Ed Oliver, right? So those are our five, four defensive tackles. You're going to bring in another one for camp. If someone goes down, you're going to plug one of them in. So I, I like I like the idea of bringing back um, Zimmer. Plus, Zimmer can play. He can play. He's not great, but he can freaking play. He is a hustler. He will get out there, and he will run his fastest for you and strip the ball out of Cam Newton's hands and let the Bills beat the Patriots. Ah, eat it. How about that? Um, but, yeah, I, I do like the idea of bringing back Zimmer. Competition never hurt nobody. We only have four defensive tackles on the roster. Bring him in. And when I say four, I mean I know we have Enku, who I also like. And there's, you know, there's a couple other guys who were in the practice squad, but bringing somebody else who has started before, 
There you go. Uh, 16 and a half, senorita. Okay. They had 16 and a half sacks that year. And guess what? They both left. They got paid big money. And now they're back home. Only person we're missing is Trent Murphy. You stop blaspheming right the hell now. And my man, Akeem. I think Shaq sets the edge. We'll, uh, I think he meant well. I think autocorrect got him there. Shaq sets the edge well and is good run defender. That's why he was signed. Exactly. So him and Phillips kind of did the opposite. They did justice to each other because one of them was a very excellent run stopper and the other one was a very good penetrator up front. However, I don't see Phillips being a starter on this defense because Phillips is a pass rushing defensive tackle. So you'll see him in there with Ed Oliver on pass stopping downs where we have to get get after the quarterback. You'll see them replace Daquan Jones with uh, Jordan Phillips in order to go in there and, you know, cause havoc in the pocket. You'll see, you know, Groot out there with Vaughn and Phillips and Shaq will be on the field just in case somebody's, you know, pulling a little fast one with the run. But, yeah, no, this – this whole yin and yang thing they got going on, Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson. I love how when uh, Jordan Phillips had his press conference, he said, Shaq, sign the damn contract. Sign the damn contract, bro. Come back. Come back. Oh, you're right, damn it. Okay, my math's wrong. <laughs> I thought it was, yep, nope. I thought it was, I thought Shaq had seven sacks that year. That's my bad. That's my bad. I'm over here correcting you, my Spanish accent, and you, you, you threw my face, and I like it. All right, built in Buffalo, not sh not shooting hard enough for bills reported. What? I don't know what that means. Anyway, uh, we lost the playoff game against the Chiefs because our D line couldn't get home to Mahomes. Yeah, uh, not because of the secondary. If you give Mahomes all day, it's not just that, but like they had times where they had Mahomes dead to rights, and they didn't kill him. They had him in the scope and he's hitting him with some master Roshi footwork and that's it. Oop, I'll read this one first. Phillips and Lawson did squat when they left. Yeah, they did. Let's see what they can do. Okay. So when they left, they did squat personally alone. I think is because they went to schemes that didn't fit them. Right. Shaq went to Miami, was playing outside linebacker versus defensive end. Um, he was expected to be more of a pass rusher. He had six and a half sacks the most in his career. So they're like, he can run, he can run, stop, and pass, you know, rush the passer. Phillips was not being used as the penetrator that he is. You know, in this game, he's going to be used more in the role that he should be used personally. Um, but they come cheap for that reason. They come cheap because you couldn't do it somewhere else. So now here's your option, and it's us. And uh, no offense, but if I take over KFC, wigs are going to be cheap in my house. Uh, Keem said, Izzy, third and long. Who's on your who's on your front four for the Bills? So I, for my front four is going to be Groot, Jordan Phillips, Ed Oliver, Shaq Lawson. And then my man Vaughn is going to be playing that extra linebacker role. I might even sit Edmonds for him. Put him and Milano out there. Yeah, man. And, you know, you might even see them drop group back in the coverage a little bit. He did play wide receiver, so he can get up there and intercept passes, as we saw this past year. Phillips and Lawson did – okay, I already read that one. 
Uh, I've always wondered why can't Taron Johnson play outside? He's only played slot and just curious. Okay, so the slot wide receiver is a lot different than the outside receiver, right? Or slot corner is a lot different from the outside corner. Uh, the slot uh, corner has to be able to cover both left and right, but they also have to be able to tackle, right? They really are counted on as that third linebacker or second linebacker for running dime formation. And because of that, you know, Taron is not necessarily the fastest wide receiver out there. He's got very good burst. He's good in short spaces, but running straight up downfield, it's not his strong suit. And in this zone defense, he just fits better as a slot guy. He's just, he's not an outside guy. He he's not he doesn't have the the skill set to really go up head to head against an outside receiver. Not to say that inside receivers aren't skilled, but most of their skill sets are, you know, towards burst and speed and getting the ball quickly. Where Taron Johnson can cover short distances fast, he doesn't cover long distances as fast. So there's there's my explanation for you. Our defensive line should be able to shut down any running game, in my opinion. Edmonds will have everything to, to have a career. Okay, so my thing with Edmonds is we put a lot on his plate, but four years in, you should be able to have a lot on your plate. So he's also very young. He's 23, but you've still been playing for four years. So something's got to give. And I think that they're now doing for Tremaine Edmonds what the Dolphins did for Tua. They're giving him everything they can to help him succeed. They're doing everything they can to say, hey, you've gotten to this level. We like this level. It's pretty good. right? But this level isn't going to pay you $15 million a year like you're probably going to command. So you're going to have to step your game up, and we're going to give you every opportunity to do so. And I think that's what this is. I don't know if he's not a natural corner by nature, as in like the nature of his play or his abilities or his talents, or if it's that he's not that guy because of what he's been taught and how he's been raised up as a corner. Basically the biology versus social construct argument with a cornerback. That's basically what this is. So I don't know if it's a philosophical thing with how he's been trained to play where maybe he was a safety before and is now a corner, or maybe he played both corner and safety. And then now he's, you know, in that spot. So I, I'm not sure, but yeah, I wouldn't want to see him outside getting toasted like that. That's what you would see. I would have liked to have kept Klein, but you can't keep Klein if uh, if his, if that money is like that. He, you know, he can come back on a cheap deal. I wouldn't be mad. Uh, agree, Jessica. Still question Edmund's instincts. I agree, but if you take away, you know, some of his reads and give them to someone like Von Miller, then that may be what causes him to excel a little faster. I think that that the help could help, but even still, I'm not so sure. Uh, I don't know if that's true because Tremaine Edmonds is still 23 years old. And I know that's a thing that no one likes to hear. And I, again, he's been playing for four years. So that has to end eventually some point. And when does it, is it 24, 25 years old? But again, still that's super young. So he still has room to grow and mature. This might not even be, you know, 
an issue where he can't read, but maybe he's just not mature enough to do so yet. We'll see. Time will tell. Oop. Uh, my production. Ooh, okay. Look, I, I'm not mad at it. Especially if, like, Oliver and Phillips have six each and he's got, like, eight. Let's go. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm all for every single one of our players that we pick up, sign, draft, trade for having explosive seasons. Give it to me. I'm about that. It's very different than Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace is actually a good player. I don't know why people people dump on him so much. Like he he came in here, he proved it. He got signed by another team. Levi, Levi Wallace is solid. Even after Tre'Davious White went down, this defense didn't go down when it came to passing defense. We still had a very good passing defense. We're still number one in the league afterwards. And Trey, uh, Trey went down what week 11, 12? It was Thanksgiving, so there was still five to six weeks left of the season for that thing to drop off, and it didn't. And it's not to say that Trey isn't better than both those guys. He is but that both those guys did their jobs well enough to maintain. And kind of weird is our run defense got better after that too because Dane Jackson is a much more sure tackler than both Trey and Levi. So you take out uh, Trey, and even though Dane is just barely kind of keeping up with the production, he was able to tackle better. So whenever a run came down the pike, Dane Jackson is not scared to lay a, lay the lumber on somebody. He will lay you the hell out if he can. And if you lay him out, it's just because you hit harder than he does. But Dane is fearless, and I love it. Uh, if you could only be Edmonds or uh, Edmonds Knox or Oliver, uh, Knox and Oliver, easy. If I had to pick Knox and Oliver, uh... Wallace is better than more than half of the CB2s in the NFL. I think Cam Lewis can play, maybe not start. So I like I like Cam Lewis as a depth guy. If you got somebody who goes down for a game, you know they 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 sprain a toe or something, you know they they, they tweak a wrist and they got to sit out the rest of the game. You put him in there, and boom, you have a guy who can play the rest of that game and, and help you win. You know, not make the critical mistakes. I, I do like him for that. And ex 49ers coach and Washington D line. Coach said Settle is the most talented defensive tackle he ever coached. Just never got his chance. You know, with the with the uh, commanders last year, formerly the football team, formerly the Redskins, uh, with, the, with, with them last year, he was buried on a depth chart. Like, they had crazy people on that defensive line. And for some reason, Ron Rivera didn't rotate as much as he did when he was in Carolina, and that may be because that's more of a McDermott thing to do. But he was buried, and... In the snaps he did, when I got on PFF and I started looking at his his numbers and, and how he performs, his lowest grade was a 60, and that was in run defense. And rushing the passer, he was in the 70s. When he was out there, he made a difference. So I don't doubt that whatsoever. It makes total sense to me. I'm not mad at it. Uh, honestly, if Settle takes a starting role here, if it's if it's him and Ed starting and Daquan Jones uh, and Phillips rotating in or Zimmer, whoever else we pick up, I'm all for it. But what I really want is for somebody to step the hell up and take the job, right? That's really what you want as, as fans, as coaches, as whoever. You want somebody to show you that they're better than the other guys and take that damn job. Give me the job I want because I'm going to earn it. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to smash these people and I'm not going to hit Josh because then you'll be fired. 
Don't you hit my Josh. Go out there, smash whatever offensive lineman you got to smash, get through him, tap Josh on the forehead, and then keep it moving. I'm all for it. If, he, if he's that good, get him in there. If he's that damn good, get him in there. Nothing else to say on that. I, I'm, I'm good with all these. I like the Settle signing, the Daquan Jones signing, the Phillips signing. We, we signed three defensive tackles after losing three defensive tackles. Then we cut one. And we still get, bring one of the other ones back. So there's there's a lot of promise here. And there's still moves that the Bills can make to decrease our caps, our cap hit this year, like uh, extending Stefan Diggs, which is a topic of discussion that we uh, – we have to cover here soon, especially after the draft. I don't think it's going to happen before the draft, but I do see it happening. I see the Bills extending uh, Stefan Diggs, giving him his money that he deserves, um, and probably trying to spread it out in a way that allows the Bills to continue forward. Plus, next year, the the, the money for the cap should go up by 30 to $40 million. You have your new uh, TV deals kicking in, so your Amazon Prime TV money kicks in. Your Disney ESPN money kicks in. Your CBS, NBC, Fox. All that money kicks in next year. The new TV deal. So once that kicks in, watch. The cap is going to balloon up again, and Josh's cap numbers are going to look like nothing. And all these other quarterbacks that got to get signed after him is going to be kind of a kind of a revelation that Brandon Bean pulled off. Like, get, Trey Davis, get your Davis White signed before Marlon Humphrey and uh marcus Lattimore, we did and his his contract number was lower than theirs even though he plays better josh allen bring him in here 43 million dollars a year Aaron Rodgers got 50. dak just got freaking 40 right after that like the cap is gonna go up big so we may have limited cap space next year it really depends on the moves we make Again, you can you can always kick a can down the road, or you can take a loss next year and just say, "Screw it," you know, we're drafting, and that's where we're going to get our, our replacement players. So we're probably going to lose a Saffold. We're going to lose, you know, some other guys unless they resign and, you know, spread that money out. But we'll see. Yeah, no, maybe that's why he's not a Bill. <laughs> that's why he's not here. Because absolutely not. Look. That signing by the Jaguars of Christian Kirk, that screwed everything up. Because then you got Devontae Adams getting traded to the Raiders. It's like, uh, Kirk got four years, $88 million. Uh, you got to pay me. Yeah, I love the Raiders. I'm a Raiders fan, not me, him, because that's where that's his dream team. Uh, but yeah, no, I need to get paid. And he did. And then. So did Hill. That wide receiver market is getting ridiculous. It's just going nothing but up. But, everybody, it's been an hour and 20 minutes. Thank you all for being here with me, spending this time with me. I will see you guys next week, 7 p.m., Built in Buffalo Network, the Red Zone Report. I am your host, Izzy. Thank you all so very much. Okay, one more comment. I know it's obviously early. But I can still see the Bills franchise tagging Knox next year. Yeah, I can see it too, but I doubt it. I think they'll get the deal done before that. And the Jags overspent on most of their free agents. Yes, they did. They did. They they, they had to. They were the worst team in the NFL. So I remember, I remember us being that and spending $100 million on Mario Williams before that was a regular thing. 
So, yeah, it happens. But good night, guys. You guys take care. God bless. Hope to see all of you and more next week. Go Bills.